0: Hi, I'm Tara. Hi, I'm Michelle. So welcome back to Books and Beyond with Bound, Season 3, where we talk to some of the finest writers in India and find out what makes them tick. So both Michelle and I are super excited to finally be launching Season 3, So much has happened between Season 2 and Season 3. Yeah, we did a lot.
1: We actually released a whole new podcast called The Book People, where we talk to some of the best minds in the publishing industry. And we also released a completely free research document, which has a lot of information about the publishing industry, because we do feel that it is inaccessible to a lot of writers, and we wanted to make it accessible to everyone. So both the links are there in the description. So do check them out.
0: Here we are, we've missed everyone, and we have some entertaining episodes coming up. So we received requests from you know a lot of you, a lot of our listeners, to cover different topics. So in this season we've covered things like translation, we've spoken to the most famous translator in India, Arunava Sinha. We've covered true crime, we've covered young adult and much
1: more. Yeah, and also the first of its kind culture book on Goa. I haven't read anything like it. Uh, You know, it takes you away from beaches, takes you into the villages. And we also spoke to South Asian writers. We spoke to two Pakistani writers. So we can't wait for you to actually listen to all these conversations because
0: we had so much fun speaking to them. Nah, Tara? So, you know, this time we interviewed an author who spoke about her journey with IVF. Uh, we have a magical realism memoir, uh, all sorts of fun and exciting things coming up. Uh, so do do tune in week on week. But before we get to all of these conversations, we wanted an episode with Michelle and I speaking about what's happened between season two and season three um, and our reading habits.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can't wait to discuss that because, uh, you know, I always tell Tara, I think she's one of the most productive people I know. I, you know, always, uh, you know, learn a lot from her. And I know that, you know, we both are quite similar in nature when, you know, we look out for you know, things to read, we look out for things to, you know, maintain that habit of reading. And this is something that we wanted to share with all of you, because we do know that, you know, things are difficult, and we all are trying to adapt our habits according to the pandemic. And Tara and I have also adapted our reading habits for the pandemic.
0: We'll speak about how we developed our creative reading habits, uh, creative habits in general. And this is sort of something that both Michelle and I have been kind of, you know, obsessing over the last few months uh, because you know obviously we're all at home uh, we're in a pandemic um, and we are adapting and in order to adapt we all have picked up certain habits and thinking really about you know productivity
1: yeah and you know and you know a lot of uh, our writers have actually asked us this right Tara that you know how do we get out of a reading slump so that's something that we also discuss on this episode because, you know, it's not like we have days where, you know, we just, we can read all the time, right? You do have, you know, just like writer's block, I think a reading slump is very common and it's yeah. something very relatable and, <laughs> <Yeah>. that is, <laughs> and
0: that is something that we also discuss. On this yes, episode. yes. So yeah, this episode is going to give you an insight into our personalities and how, you know, you and us can manage to read something every week. So let's get started.
1: So what according to you is a creative habit Tara? Before you actually answer that question, I want to give some kind of context to our listeners. When we did the writers retreat in Goa back in 2019, I remember that, you know, we had shared this Twyla Hub creative questionnaire with all our writers. And that's something that's, you know, been the most popular in all our retreats. And all of our writers just loved that. So I wanted to, you know, Dissect that a little bit with you, and I wanted to know why these things actually matter. Why does a creative, why maintaining a creative habit really matters?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, I'm so glad you brought up that question. So, you know, before I began Bound, my dad gave me this book called The Creative Habit by Twyla Tharp, who is a dancer. She's a choreographer, and she's also a Barnard alum, and that's the college that I went to. Oh, Uh, yeah. So, in the book, she talks about, you know, um, all the rituals that sort of make up her dancing routine. And she also talks about, you know, how you can create something from nothing. Because, yeah, because creativity is so intangible sometimes, right? It's different than, you know, accounting or it's different than, you know, um, going for a walk. You know, it's actually like to get those creative juices and produce something new is such an effort. Um, So, you know, she sort of talks about how you can get into that mindset on a daily basis. And I found that very, very exciting because even as an entrepreneur, you have to get into that mindset, um, you know, and obviously all of our writers also speak about their own writing habits and rituals. So, you know, whether it's just going every day and sitting at your desk or, you know, whether it's, you know, making that cup of coffee, that's sort of the trigger point. So a ritual is sort of a trigger or a habit is sort of a trigger that sort of, you know, aligns your brain towards starting to work towards a creative act. Um, and in the book, she has a 30-question questionnaire. And that's what we give out to all our retreat participants. It's very, very interesting. And it sort of gets you thinking about, you know, your own creative DNA, because we all have, just like we all have unique handwriting, you know, we all have a unique way of creating something. And it really gets you to introspect and think about what is your own unique way of creating something. And what are the habits that you can form around these things that will actually help you become a better creator.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I just recently read about Tvaira by the way, and you know, she's turned 89. And I found it fascinating that she adapted for the pandemic, she started conducting her choreography sessions online on zoom. And I was like, wow, like she's lived a life of, you know, I mean, honestly, it takes a lot to maintain that habit. So I think that's what we're trying to, you know, discuss here because, you know, you do have these sparks here and there, you do feel creative at certain points, but what do you do to actually maintain a habit? And so what I thought was, Tara, it will be interesting if we actually ask each other, you know, three questions from the questionnaire so that, you know, our listeners will get to know a little bit about us and they could also use these questions to, you know, find out more about their friends, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And their own creative DNA, yeah. Okay, so the
0: first question for you is, Tara, describe your first successful creative act. Okay, so the first successful creative act that I can remember is, I used to, um, I used to sort of write fan fiction of Enid Blyton books. Oh, really? So (laughs) cute. And I didn't notice fan fiction. I thought I'm writing my own story, but it was, completely not my own story because all the characters are taken from Enid Blyton books and so are the settings. So there was uh, this book I think called The Magical Faraway Tree. Uh, I don't remember if the title is correct, but it's basically about, you know, you climb to the top of the tree and every time you climb to the top of the tree, it's a different world. And I was so fascinated by that. I just remember being blown away. Um, and I used to write a lot of stories based on that tree if those characters Can I can I read
1: them, Tara? Do you still have the drafts? No,
0: <laughs> unfortunately, you know, that time there was no oh. computer and uh, so it was all pen huh. and paper. Handwritten, right? Handwritten. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know where mm. all those stories have gone. <laughs> mm. But you know, that yeah. actually
1: reminded me of my childhood, Tara, because I mm. also ended up writing a lot of fan fiction based on Goosebumps by R.L. Stein. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I wrote like, I think, four to five stories. And then I was like, yeah, I'm a writer. <laughs> and yeah. Then I, yeah, and then, you know, as you said, I figured later that it's called fan fiction. But that's right. so cool. I mean, you know, in its
0: own way, you try to do something, you know, creative. Okay, so I have I have one for you since you're a writer and a reader. So what is your idea of mastery? Oh, that's so interesting. Okay. I hope I don't go into a very
1: uh, nerdy answer with this. But okay, if I, um, what I think mastery is, is Tara, if, uh, like, I think it is subjective. I also feel that every writer or reader, if they evolve like, you know, as time goes by, I think that is mastery. So what I mean is I I, I never have a certain like, you know, standard or a certain, uh, you know, writer or a certain like book reviewer to look up to, like to say that, you know, this is what I want to do in life. But I feel that with every person, as long as you have, you know, goals that you set for yourself, and you want to evolve in life, which also ties up with our, uh, you know, habits, I think, that is mastery to me. And for me, like what I do is I can maybe share a little bit about myself. So with every year, I don't set resolutions, but I actually set like certain goals that I can achieve. So what I do is I say, okay, can I read more translations this year? Or, you know, can I read more women writers this year? And I honestly feel that these
0: things work because, you know, they push you towards maintaining that habit of reading. I like the way that you, you know, use goals instead of resolutions. And and that's actually very interesting because um, speaking of habits and habit formation, you know, I was reading a couple of books on um, habit formation um, and doing some research. And, you know, there's a book called Atomic Habits um and the author is the author's james clear and he says that you know if you if you have habits if you inculcate habits into your life that actually gives you freedom you know it's not boring it doesn't make you overly disciplined because you are then using your mind space uh to, to you really free up your mind space because you're not making decisions about every small mm, thing so for right. example you know what book should I read? You've already said, you know, this year I want to read, you know, X number of books in translations, X number of books in, you know, this particular genre, uh, or maybe, you know, you read every Sunday from two to four, you write every Sunday from two to four. So you're not really using up, you know, that mind space of like getting to your desk or, you know, picking up a book or going to the bookstore because you have things in a seamless format.
1: Yeah, and and it becomes automatic, right?
0: Yeah, right. I, I think. And I think that's something that,
1: you know, it it doesn't matter what we do, right? So I think the best an- analogy that comes to mind is with brushing your teeth, right? I always, I always tell uh, our writers that, you know, if you look at writing as brushing your teeth as something you have to do no matter what, you will end up doing it. Because honestly, right. otherwise, things don't get done. So I think it's important to push ourselves sometimes, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because then your mind space, you know, if it's automatic, you just like sort mm. of do. Yeah, uh, there is less stress, there's less like it doesn't seem like a burden, but it's something that yeah. automatically gets into your routine. Yeah. Yeah. Like so I do the same thing at the same time every day. uh and people find that very boring. So like I'll get up at the same time, <laughs> eat at the, and I get very stressed about it actually. Like people find it very funny. So if I'm on a holiday or something, or if it's the weekend or if I'm with a friend or something, and you know. I, I have, I have deadlines as well. So I have a deadline for when I can sleep, when it's acceptable for me to sleep. <laughs> I have a deadline for sort of like, when's the last time I, when's the last like time I can eat dinner. So I, I can't eat mm. lunch after 2 PM because oh, I, wow. I have very stressed. So my window is between 12 to 2 and I oh. make sure I have to eat between that. Right. So no no matter I, what. I think uh, I defer there. <laughs>
1: I there because I'm not like, you know, I'm not an organized person. I I try to be, you know, but neither am I. I Oh, okay. (laughs) right. But I mean, I think what you're also, I think what you're trying to say is Tara, we all try in our own ways, right? These small, small, these small steps or these small efforts get you there, right? They help you get, yeah, they help you establish a routine. So, yeah. you know, talking about deadlines, that actually took me back to my childhood. So, you know, as I've, you know, mentioned on, you know, other episodes, uh, you know, I've not come from a family who reads a lot. So my uh, exposure to reading was actually because of our library, right? We had a library in school. And honestly, those deadlines worked for me. Like, if I know, like, I have to return the book on Monday, I will finish it, you know? Oh, I- Really? <laughs> That result helped you with your habit. Oh, really? I missed those deadlines, Sarah. I wish someone told me you have to return the book, Michelle. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Tara, a lot of my uh, mentees have told me that, uh, you know, when you, uh, you know, just just like we discussed, like a deadline helps you finish things. I think, you know, a mentor actually helps you get a writing done or, you know, get something done because a lot of writers say that, you know, if there's no one to really, you know, tell you to submit your work, it just, it never happens. So I feel that, uh, you know, a lot of mentees have said that the only reason that they are able to write during this pandemic and the only thing that has kept them going is, you know, having these constant conversations about their writing and having deadlines to write.
0: No, definitely. You know, that accountability partner, the fact that, you know, uh, there's an expert looking at your work, all of these things really, really make a difference. Uh, so yeah, you know, if you guys are interested to check out our mentorship program for writers. Yeah. So, you know, the other day when I was talking to a friend Tara,
1: my friend was saying that, you know, uh, she finds time to only read during the weekends. But the problem is after she, you know, reads a bit and if, for example, something else comes up in between, she gets distracted. That's all. it's done. You know, she keeps the book down and then she never gets back to it. So I think that is something that most of our listeners have also asked us. So how do you get out of that reading slump? So what do you
0: do, Tara? I'm so happy that you, you know, we talk about this because it's, you know, I feel very guilty because I'm a book person, you know, I'm an editor. My whole life is books, you know, like Bound is all about books. Um, And so when I'm not, I when I'm not reading, I'm like, oh, you know, I should be reading, you know, XYZ. But Actually, you know, like you, Michelle, I don't have, you know, a particular number of books that I am that I have to read in a year. Mm -hmm. Um, I just want to maintain a habit that I'm consistently reading something or the other. So uh, my time to read is also on the weekends. I don't keep it so strict that, you know, I must finish it even if I'm not into it Uh, or, you know, I have to read a particular kind of book or I have to read only literary fiction or I have to read like one book a week. No, you know, if I'm free on a weekend, on a Sunday, mm. you know, I may spend two hours reading one part of one book and one part of another book. Uh, I may never even finish those books, right? Oh, that's so I may, cool. I may, I may speed read one book. So I don't, I keep it pretty fluid. Um, so that sort of, you know, reduces the pressure because yeah. again, you know, This is all about fun, so you know certain things may work for certain people, uh, but for me, you know, because you know, this is my leisure time, and I want to make reading not only my work, but I want to separate that out into my leisure time. So I switch off my editor's brain, I switch off that critical brain, and I just simply read for the for the enjoyment of it, you know. So I'm usually very fast reader. So if I feel like reading fast because I want to get to the end, I want to know something, I do that, you know. If I feel like reading, you know, something really slowly and savoring that, I do that. So I just make sure to inculcate that habit along with, you know, other fun activities that I may want to do on the weekend, like watching TV and and so on and so forth. So that's sort of how I maintain that habit. Um, but, you know, it's very easy to fall into a reading slum, especially when there's a lot going on, Um lot going on in your life so then you know i think it's very important to also adapt so you may not want to read you know you may want to pick up a very light book uh you know uh which is really fun and that gets you back into the habit or you may want to pick up a genre you may want to listen to an book uh something that sort of keeps you going is very low effort and very easy way in uh back into reading but i want to know you know but you do, because I know that, you know, during the week, we are very busy. So, you know, right. do you, like, what, per se, like, do you even, I feel like you read a lot, you know, I'm, I'm always seeing books on your Instagram. <laughs> so do you even, like, fall into a slum? Yeah. When do you
1: read? And, like, yeah. Yeah, no. And I actually, I really loved your answer, Tara, because, you know, the mention of fluidity is I feel something that, you know, everyone uh, loves because nobody, you know, likes that kind of pressure. Like, oh, my God, I have to finish five books in a week. Like, no, hello. (laughs) It's your life. You can do whatever you want with it. Right. So I really like that you don't put that pressure on yourself because I think that also helps with the reading. Right. You need to have that mind space to read something. So I would say I have also a very similar uh, approach to that. So what I do is I just read one short story in a literary magazine and I'm done. I feel so, you know, um, energized. I feel oh my god, like I feel like I've accomplished something so great. It's almost like I've climbed Mount Everest. I know it's I know it seems, uh, you know, like an exaggeration, but honestly for me that keeps me going. You know, I feel like okay, I did some reading and I feel that also gets me out of my reading stump. Otherwise, what happens is I just obsess over the fact that, oh, I haven't read a book in a long time. No, <laughs> you know, any recommendations for um, short stories? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So why not, you know, I'll I'll name some magazines that I really like. So I think, you know, you all should check it out because they are online and they are free. So I would say the top three magazines that I always go to is, uh, one is Wildness, okay? Um, The second one is The Master's Review. And the third one is Out of Print, which is, uh, you know, local magazine. It's an Indian magazine. I love their work. Like, I mean, when I, you know, check out their issues, when I check out their short stories, like for me, these are like, you know, small doses of happiness. Tara, there is a magazine called uh, Jellyfish Review. Uh, They uh, publish flash fiction. So I will strongly suggest you to check out the Jellyfish Review or any magazine that publishes flash fiction because flash fiction is a story under 1000 words that's something you can do you know maybe when you're having your lunch break or maybe when you're having your dinner anytime but I really feel that makes a
0: very big difference. So you've actually read like one story in a day. I think you've inspired me to do this because, you know, there's something very satisfying about finishing a story and, you know, something. And some of these stories are very interesting and subtle plug. Uh, Michelle has been published in a few of these magazines. So you can guys can also <laughs> check out her short stories. Okay, I also want to ask, why is it so important for us to read in the first place? Why are we putting in yeah. so much effort into even having a reading habit you know and and I know a lot of people who are not readers Mm. want to know this you know they're like but why for me uh, the first thing is I love reading.
1: So if you love it, why are you falling into a slump? Yeah, because, you know, there are so many things that get to you, Dara. So as you said, you know, one thing is, you know, probably a busy schedule, right? And we know that in the pandemic, a lot of things have, you know, fallen on us to do, right? We all have to be, uh, you know, well equipped to deal with things at home, to deal with, you know, our mental health, to deal with our work and everything, you know, to do with life. So I feel that, you know, all these things can, that they can actually get to you. And we all know how, you know, tough and strange these times are. I feel that, you know, just because you love doing something or you're interested in something, it doesn't mean that you can't reach that burnout point. You know, you can't reach that point where you're finding it difficult. So I think for me, that's where the slump arises. Because, you know, we have been working on screens throughout last year honestly, I'm done with uh, ebooks, I cannot read, uh, you know, more work online after working hours. So I've, you know, moved on to paperbacks. And honestly, that comfort and that, you know, peace that I feel when I open a paperback, you know, I'm, I'm able to annotate it, I'm able to write comments, I'm able to just be myself. So that's something that I have, you know, adapted, because I also want to keep reading. And I don't want to, you know, end up not liking reading. Has that happened to you that like, have you, you know, like, I mean, reached that point where you, you no longer <clears throat> find that peace or find that love in what you're doing, and you have found ways to adapt to it, because that's happened to me when it comes to reading during the
0: pandemic. And um, yeah, definitely, yeah. you know, like, so one thing is that I used to try and try and read during the weekday. And I figured that that just does not work for me, because, you know, you're already so in I'm an editor right so I'm already so involved in words and all of that during the day so it's very difficult for me to then you know and my eyes are tired you know with for me even if it's a paperback uh, in the week day my eyes get very tired at the end of the day so what I started doing in the pandemic is I started reading a lot of graphic novels Uh, yeah (laughs) yeah because I found that you know it's easy on the eyes Uh, it's not a screen it's visual which is very different for me So it's sort of like a substitute for a movie for me, you know, like, and it's so interesting because there's some really great literary graphic novels out there. Um, Which uh, which are they? Uh So, you know, obviously there's Persepolis, which is about, uh, you know, a young woman coming of age in Iran, you know, Uh, so there's Persepolis 1 and 2. And then there's an author called Guy Dalil, who has basically, he's a French um, animator, who's lived all around the world, you know, in places like North Korea, China, uh, you know, Burma. And he's written these amazing graphic novels about these places. And most recently, this is something that, you know, uh, I very much recommend to everyone. So I'm sure everyone has heard of the book Sapiens. <laughs> it, yeah, it's, it's really definitely. Popular. Really yeah, popular. Yeah, and it's all about, you know, like the human, how the human race you know, evolved and, uh, you know, came to the top of the food chain and, you know, a lot about, you know, human beings and how they lived in prehistoric times. So what they've done is they've converted that into a graphic, a beautifully illustrated, colorful, graphic novel version, uh, which is so fascinating, because, you know, you sort of enter a different
1: world, you know, yeah, and, and you know, like you asked me, uh, you know, why is it important to read for me, you know? So I as I said, like there are two points. One is obviously as I love it. The other thing is, you know, Tara, I like to stay updated. <laughs> now, you know how generally people look at the news and the newspapers to be updated on current affairs. I'm somebody I love to be updated with contemporary stories, like contemporary works. I'm like, you know, I want to know who's coming out with the book or who's you know, I just I love that. And I love that there's so much of work coming out, right? Like even in India, we have so many authors who have been you know, writing with us, with, with Bound. And then, you know, they have their books published. I think it feels amazing. One thing that I wanted to ask you about, Tara, is you started a newsletter recently. And so I did you. Know... We
0: both started <laughs> yeah. newsletters. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. And, and you know, so I wanted to know why you started it, actually. So, I mean, you know, I know that it ties
0: up into this creative habit, but I also wanted to know, you know, how it feeds into your reading habit. So many amazing bookstagram accounts out there, which, you know, I've started following, you know, uh, to get book recommendations. There are book bloggers, all sorts of things. And one thing that I see in common is that, you know, a lot of times people use certain, use all these platforms, not only to share, but to also motivate themselves to pick up all those interesting books. Because I know a lot of you also must be doing this is sometimes I'll just go on a book buying spree because there'll be so many interesting books like you that you see on Amazon that you see in bookstagram and then they just come then you just buy them and then they just sit on your shelf and you don't do anything about it uh so having a newsletter really really sort of motivates you to finish books to you know start reading to you know uh be reading because you know you have an audience that's waiting for you to share with them what you read and share recommendations and that's really, really motivating because you know, having that community is just so fulfilling. I I, I know Michelle and I love buddy reading, you know, and having a newsletter <laughs> yeah. is just like sort of buddy reading with like whoever subscribe because exactly you'll get comments and then it just sort of builds that community. And it's so fun to write a newsletter about you know kind of not only why you like the book but all those ideas so because for us i think you know what books do is they give they give us so much more than just a story right like they they introduce you to ideas they they mirror your life they show you different things about life uh it's just so interesting and to you know sort of pull in all of those threads and write about it and share it with people uh i think for me that really helps me with you know motivating me to not get into the reading slump
1: yeah and no definitely and you know that made me think that if people ask you know but why a newsletter you could share your recommendations anywhere so i feel like you know like the newsletter reaches you know your subscribers inbox so they don't really have to go out of their way to pick it you know it's like right there And I feel, you know, those who are technically challenged, like we use um, Substack, you know, I mean, this is not, you know, we're not trying to advertise or promote it, but honestly, it's very easy. So for somebody who's thinking, oh, but you know, to start a new set, I need to understand all these technical things. No, it's really simple. Can you tell me which was the most fun newsletter that you have curated?
0: Okay, so, yeah, the most fun newsletter that I've curated so far has been a newsletter about, you know, five business books that you must read. Uh, And the newsletter starts like this. Uh, So basically, you know, I was in Goa uh, when, you know, around Jan when the cases had gone down. Uh and I had carried carried a book along called Range by David Epstein. my friend asked me, Oh, you read business books too? You know, because I'm an editor and you know I'm a creative people my friends think of me as a creative person, and so may not necessarily be interested in this genre. And I actually read, you know, across genres and I love reading business books because I find them a lot for self-improvement. You know, books like Atomic Habits or books like, you know. Range, which talks about how you can study, you know, different fields and then solve problems, um, you know, they're very, very interesting. There's a book that I read called Quiet, which is uh, a book about how you know the power of introverts needs to be harnessed, uh, you know, and it's a oh, business book because she's okay. you know studied students of Harvard and she studied you know CEOs and all of these things. Um, so I find those books really, really interesting because. It's not that you're a business person that you're reading a business book, but it's every book I feel is about life. So, you know, there are these amazing business biographies that I've read. Uh, One is Shoe Dog by Phil Knight, who was the founder of Nike. You know, these are such inspiring stories. You know, these people have so many years of experience that they've put together in a book, you know, which is priced at less than thousand rupees. You're getting somebody's 20 years worth of experience wow. knowledge insight you know and why would you not read um and that's what that was a very interesting newsletter for me to curate because it really was it really spoke about you know not only the books that I love but but why like we should not restrict ourselves to any genre you recently started your newsletter and it's very different from mine because you you know you speak about short stories you speak about poetry uh you speak about adaptations
1: so yeah i mean let me talk about you know the name of my newsletter first (laughs) it's called mish's muse Uh, you know what's yours tara what's the name of your newsletter mine is called books and beyond with tara (laughs) oh nice i like that so no i will uh, talk to you about one newsletter that i love curating which is about uh, a second-person short story. So, you know, um, in fiction, uh, you don't have many second-person short stories. That is, you know, not many stories are written using you. So what I did was I said, you know, um, when you ask for recommendations on Google, they always tell you, you know, these one or two books written by very famous writers, like, for example, Mohsin Hamid, right? Everyone knows, you know, his books are written in second person. But I said, okay, why not? I actually, you know, dig for stories because I'm a huge fan of literary magazines. Like I said, why don't I actually look for them? And, you know, I was surprised, Tara. I found more than 20 stories online written by, you know, writers contemporary writers who are writing in second person. I was like, wow, so this is not rare. (laughs) So I had so much fun writing that newsletter. And, you know, I did receive, you know, positive responses saying that, you know, we did not know that a lot of writers were writing in second person.
0: Yeah, no, that's something new. That's that I didn't know that either. Um, You know, I've only read uh, the one book by Mohsin Hamid in second person. And then, of course, you know, self-help books are in second person. Yeah. Yeah. But I also, you know, we are in a pandemic and we've been in a pandemic for a while and we did speak about you know what we do when we're tired or, you know but you know there are times when we need to take care of our mental health and all of those things so How does reading and how does a reading habit fit
1: into that for you? Thanks for asking that, Tara. So if I can, you know, just be, uh, you know, honest. So there have been a lot of sirens that I've heard recently, you know, around my house. And it, it, it it was quite disturbing. And honestly, the only distraction I had was books. So for me, reading has, you know, allowed me to escape the reality, escape what we are going through, the dystopian world that we are actually living in, and, you know, makes me get lost in these worlds. And if it was not for reading, I really don't know how I would have been able to cope uh, with these times. What about you? How do you, uh, you know, uh, how, how does
0: reading help you? The I, Reading helps me because you sometimes feel very sort of helpless, and you feel like, you know, uh, you're, you're, like, you know, things are paused for you. But You know, and after you read something, you feel a sense of accomplishment versus, you know, if you just binged four hours of TV, which is also great, don't get me wrong. Uh, But, you know, that sense of accomplishment, you feel like you've learned, you feel like you've broadened your horizons. And that's something that, you know, pre-pandemic, we were going out, we were meeting people, you know, traveling, having all these experiences and broadening our horizons that way. So for me, reading helps me, you know, retain a sense of normalcy it's very interesting because, you know, I've started reading a lot more books related to travel, being more interested in that. Whereas before the pandemic, I wasn't really into any of that. So, you know, I'm watching a lot of travel and cooking shows. I'm reading more about travel. Uh, you know, maybe it's a vicarious sort of going out uh, situation. And I've also started trying to inculcate some other creative habits in the pandemic. So one is that, you know, like I used to always love cooking. Um, and so before the pandemic, I was, you know, going to the grocery store and buying like kind of cool and interesting ingredients and all of those things to start cooking with. But then when the pandemic happened, I couldn't go out anywhere Mm. or whatever. And so I was like, oh, I will cook again after the pandemic. Then, you know, I realized that this is not going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah. So now I sort of have put it into this habit that I will, I will... Because I never used to cook before. Uh, but now what I've started doing is I make something every day uh, with the ingredients that are at home. So I have something, to, something, to, something <laughs> yeah. to eat when I'm done in the workout. So that's when I put my... And I've sort of wow. like made it a habit. And it, what's very interesting also when I was reading their book about habits is they said that obviously, you know, many people will many people would have this question, right? That like, oh... You know, you, you may have a time to do certain things or you, you can't sustain it every day, right? Like maybe one day, you know, like something, things happen and all of these things. Yeah. So life book, gets in the way. Life gets in the way. <laughs> yeah. So in the book, he said that that's okay. Like it's okay to miss sort of one day and it's okay to, but he said basically, he said, do not miss two days in a row. So, miss on a Monday, then miss on a Thursday, then miss on a Sunday. You see, but if you miss two days in a row, then the new thing becomes a habit. Yes, that's when it breaks. Yeah. What other sort of things you do to inculcate a reading habit or any other sort of habits that you may have picked up in the pandemic? Yeah. So, one thing that,
1: you know, I would say I'm, you know, a little proud of myself. Like, as you mentioned, self-care that I've done in the pandemic that I didn't do before is, you know, rereading. Because Hmm. I you know, have this constant, as I said, this constant need to read new things or things that are upcoming. But what I did this time was I said, no, I'm going to be selfish because I matter. I'm going to be rereading this book. So I reread Notes on a Scandal by Zoe Heller. So I love that book. Okay, So I remember the first time I'd read it, it was an ebook. So what I did was I actually bought a paperback. And I, re- I read it from cover to cover. That was the first book ever I managed to reread entirely. Because what happens is, you know, I always know what's coming up. Like basically, because you already know the plot, I don't usually end up reading the entire book. But I'm so happy that I did that for myself that did wonders for my mental health. And I felt that that was a big achievement from my side. And apart from that, like, you know, like you said, you've started cooking. I love doodling. So that's something like, you know, I love sketching, I love doodling. And that really takes my mind away from my, you know, writer self or takes my mind away from my editor self. That's something that I've been, you know, trying to do after working hours during the pandemic. Okay, wow. So I would love to see some of those doodles. I just want to, you know, like get engrossed with the paper and the pen, like, you know, the act of just like sketching and doing something that comes to you spontaneously. I love that.
0: Right. No, I like that you brought this up because you know a lot of people, you know, they, you know a lot of people will be like, "Oh, I'm so bad at dancing," or "I'm so bad yeah, at singing." Exactly. You know, and I'm so like I always I do yoga, right? And, and I'm always like I'm so bad at yoga, like I'm the least flexible person, right? But but then like it's so interesting. These it's not about being good or bad, you know. These things exactly. we do for our own self
1: care, you know. One more thing I forgot to mention was, see, when I'm writing, I'm constantly, you know, there's this pressure that I need to write better than my, it needs to be better than my previous work, right? Because I've always been a writer. But when I doodle, there's no pressure because I'm not an artist, right? Right. I do it it for the fun of
0: it. That is such a great way to build a habit, uh, you know, because it's all about, you know, that process, the process of reading, the process of, you know, cooking. It's not about how many books we read or you know all of those things and i think now more yeah. than ever you know it's it's important to engage in these kind of activities exactly yeah i mean
1: it's okay if you know you're not able to do it every day but as long as you do something that keeps you happy or keeps you sane okay so let's have our quick rapid fire Tara, that's our signature uh you know round in all of our interviews yes so, simba your dog or cooking simba any day <laughs> Okay. Nice. Dancing or doodling? Oh, that's a tough one. I would say dancing, but I love dancing more. (laughs) Uh Short story or novel? Short story. (laughs) Nice. Okay. Um, Business books or historical fiction? Historical fiction. One favorite Netflix adaptation? The one. um, So it's actually based on a book by John Mars. I loved the premise. One bad habit
0: you'd like to change?
1: hmm i would say um i try to you know wake up early because i've heard of you know the benefits of waking up early right um especially people who do yoga or meditation they know that you know the morning hours are you know the best hours so i honestly try to do that and i think one bad habit is i'm a you know late riser and i find it very difficult to wake up early so i would really love to change that
0: yeah same i've been trying to wake up early for like 15 years it's never happened (laughs) Uh, but one bad habit that I've been trying to change is I eat a lot of junk food Um, so now what I do is I don't sort of keep junk food in the house and whenever I have a craving I may just like order it order like just one thing some like every like few days eat it and get it over with but I don't keep stuff in the house no. mm, that's smart that means you're working towards changing that habit so, yeah. cool.
1: <laughs> so Michelle speed reading or slow reading slow reading anytime like I I don't understand speed reading because <laughs> me, if I if I read something I need to like understand it right otherwise right. it doesn't help <laughs> nice so Tara what are your top three books that helped you during the pandemic
0: Okay, so one is obviously atomic habits, which we have spoken about in the episode. Um, two is like you, Michelle, you know, as I mentioned in an earlier episode, I did a lot of rereading. So I reread Palace of Illusions by Chitra Banerjee, um, and it just gave me a lot of happiness because I was in a different world. And the third one that helped me during the pandemic hmm, difficult. Uh, I think the uh, graphic novel, the Sapiens graphic novel, was a really fun read.
1: Oh, nice. What about you? For me, um, I have one because, you know, that's something that I, as I said, you know, Notes on a Scandal by Zoe Heller. Right. Um, I feel that, you know, that book, um, you know, has a lot to offer. And I feel, you know, a lot of like writers and readers have asked me for recommendations of epistolary novels, like novels, which are mm. written in the form of diary entries or letters. So I would say this is a really good start if anyone's looking for it. For me, this book really helped me, uh, you know, cope with this, with these strange times.
0: So, thank you so much um, for listening to us and hopefully, you know, our recommendations will help you grow in your journey too and will help you start or continue your eating habit. Um, Do look out for our next episode, next Wednesday. We'll be talking to the best-selling author of The Windfall and Destination Wedding, Diksha Basu. By the way, Destination Wedding is all set to be adapted to the screen. So, if you haven't read it... uh, Please do pick it up. It's really a lot of fun. Uh, We speak about humor because she's a really, really funny writer and the badass female characters that she's created in both her books, you know, older women falling in love, many different, you know, aspects to her writing. Yeah. And as
1: usual, we are at Bound India on all social media platforms. We are always looking for recommendations, you know, and if this episode actually helps you get out of a reading slump or if you have any, you know, ideas for us to actually, you know, deal with the pandemic because we are constantly looking to, you know, adapt our habits, please do share it with us. We would love to hear from you.